1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 1059 The Region and welcome to On the Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Well, let's talk about sales uh, here in the region. What's the latest? You know what? The sales in January started off very brisk, and, and when you consider how much is on the market right now, we don't have a lot on the market. It's it's pretty reminiscent of last January. So, you know, we've got just over 3,000 places for sale right now, which is quite low, and what that's translating into is multiple offers again, and it's pretty early in the year for multiple offers, but there's a lot of people that are out there bidding on homes because, there again, there's no supply. When we look at January from last January, we were on a clip where we were going to hit, for York Region, we were going to hit you know 600 to 650 sales, and then came... That the frigid temps that we had, uh, you know, earlier on this week and last weekend, and that really put the market on hold because no one wants to go out when it's minus thirty, minus thirty-five. But we're starting to see as the weather got warmer at the end of the week, we're starting to see people get out again. So it's going to continue through the end of the month and right into February. So how do you navigate those waters when there is such low inventory? The thing is finding the right place for your clients, and now that the buyers are out there people are starting to think, hey, maybe I shouldn't wait until the spring. If the buyers are out there now, I want to get a jump on the market. So you've started to see for sale signs pop up in your neighborhood right now. And, and that's that's pretty early. If you think about traditionally when people list, they're listing in March or April. But end of January is pretty early. But it's because the sellers are savvy and they're being smart and putting their house on the market right now. And what about navigating those waters of multiple offers? We all, as buyers, hate to hear those terms. How do you how do you deal with it? I think as realtors and buyers and sellers as well, we had a, a huge dose of reality over the last couple of years where even when people were bidding on homes and, and purchasing these homes and putting crazy amounts, you know, over asking, the bank stepped in and said, that's great that you paid that, but hey, this is what the house is appraised at, and this is what we're going to be lending on. So as realtors, we're pretty cognizant of the fact that hey, we want this deal to close, not only for our sellers, but for buyers. It depends on who you're representing, but you want that deal to close in the end. So you have to make sure that people aren't expecting way more than asking, because even if you get it, it may not close. Now, when you are, you know, heading into a multiple offer situation, what if you have a buyer that says, that's it, I'm out? What do you do from there? You know, in multiple offers, you have to guide your buyers and it comes down to affordability. Don't put your buyers in a situation where they're not going to be able to afford to live there. So have that honest heart to heart conversation with your buyers and say, I know you love this house, but I can't put you in here because it's not going to be good for your future growth, uh, you know, or for your family because it, it doesn't help anyone when a buyer is putting $50,000 more than they can afford into a home just for the sake of having that home. Put them in a position to succeed. And, and by that, I mean, put them in a place where they're going to be able to afford it and live their life as well. So here we are the last weekend of January already. What is it looking like heading into February? 
there's so much positive energy out there. Everyone is out there. Buyers are out there, which is, is fairly early. But if you talk to other real estate agents, even at Remax Prime Properties, we're seeing a lot of appointments come through our front desk. We're seeing a lot of listings coming on right now. And it's because people were just tired of sitting around and waiting last year. So it's it's a great feel out there. If you're a seller, you want to be on the market right now because you don't want to compete with your neighbors. And if you're a buyer, you want to be able to scoop up the good houses as they come up. So don't wait and think that you're going to get a better deal in the spring or anything like that. If you find the right house right now, make that move. And those who are thinking of selling, what should they be doing right now to get that home ready? Again, we've stressed over and over again, declutter, 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 fix up any minor things that are around the house. Like maybe you need caulking in the ba- around the bathtubs. Maybe you need to touch up paint. Get that done now and get your house ready. Because really on the exterior of the home, there really isn't much you can do during these cold, frigid you know, months and days. There really isn't, especially with the the freezing temps that we just had. The ground is frozen. There's still some snow out there. So if your backyard is a mess, this is a great time to sell because no one can see it. (laughs) (laughs) And what about in terms of budgeting how much time you need? You know, if you're thinking about selling in the spring, do you need to give yourself, um, you know, three to six weeks to get the home ready? What are you thinking? Our team can get a home ready in about a week. So that includes, wow. uh, you know, the clients helping us out with decluttering. It includes the stagers going in, contractors if we need. So it takes about a week. So if you can schedule about a week to 10 days to have your home ready to go and you're serious about getting it done, it's doable. And what about, are those additional costs that we have to look at when we're selling our home in terms of staging and, and everything else that's involved before that house even goes up for sale? Well, this is why you're going to be interviewing uh, different realtors because you want to know what they offer. And some people might say, well, I'll do it for this price. But by the time you add all the a la carte stuff into the equation, you're better off going with a full service realtor that has a team that can handle all of those activities for one price. All right. When we come back, we talk about how to legally get in and out of a deal. Stay with us. You're listening to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Thank you, Tina. Joining us next on the show is lawyer, broker, real estate expert, and so much more, Brian Madigan. Brian, welcome to our show. Happy to be here. Brian, we've seen inventory decreasing over the last few months, and and you know what that means in our industry? Multiple offers are back. Bidding wars are here again. Uh, well, it's January, and even with the cold weather, people are uh, out and about thinking they can get a good deal. That's right. And, you know, one of the frustrating things as an agent in the market and, and we're representing a seller is when buyers make these offers and then they get advised by their agent, don't worry, we'll put a condition on it and you can get out of it if you change your mind. You know, we, we've seen so much of that over the last couple of years. And you wrote an article recently about why that may not be in the best interest of that agent to say that and the buyers to be able to do that because they're leaving themselves open for legal action. 
absolutely. And unfortunately, uh, many many real estate agents are unaware that the law changed uh, uh, a little over four years ago, uh, very abruptly, and uh, now that's no longer the case. So real estate agents who haven't kept up with uh, changes in the law uh, find themselves offside in this uh, type of situation. And in terms of being offside, Brian, does that mean that there's a penalty involved? Do you lose your deposit? What kind of cost would there be for the purchaser? Well, they can be substantial. So let's say we have a situation where someone has gone into a bidding war and they have not done their homework. Uh, they've paid, let's say, a million two. And then all of a sudden they realize, oh my gosh, I think I paid too much. It may in fact be that they did pay too much, maybe 200000 too much. Uh, so when the seller indeed then resells for uh, $1 million, which is the true market value of the property, uh, that particular uh, purchaser is responsible uh, for the deficiency, namely that 200000 So they have to make it up. Uh, first of all, they're going to lose their deposit no matter how much it is. So number one, um, you know, if it's fifty thousand, they're losing fifty, and they owe one hundred and fifty. And if they paid a hundred, they owe a hundred from the deposit plus another hundred thousand to make up the deficiency. So it's something that people don't really oftentimes appreciate when they go in um, with that. They think, okay, well, if I've got a condition contained in the offer. Um, then uh, that's good enough, um, and it's no longer the case. And and that we see in unconditional offers all the time, but now what we're seeing is agents advising their clients to say, hey, we have a financing condition. Let's just say we didn't get our financing, and then I'll get you out of the deal. Tell us a little bit about that and, and what the implications are, because that, again, is is not reason enough to be able to get out of a deal. You have to actually prove that. Uh, exactly. So uh, let's assume that we do have an astute listing agent uh, who says, okay, uh, they've paid a deposit. The deposit here is $100,000. Um, we're not going to just let them walk away. Uh, they won the bidding war, and they're going to have to stick with that. Um, or, I mean, it doesn't even need to be a bidding war. Uh, but whatever the situation is, they can only withdraw uh, if it's reasonable to do so in the circumstances. And so the one difficulty with it is that buyers will read the wording and uh, take it rather literally. Uh, for example, there's two wordings that uh, you would come across. Uh, on the buy side, uh, a buyer's sole and absolute discretion, uh, or uh, one that is slightly different, which is in the buyer's sole, absolute, and unfettered discretion. And in both cases, the uh, Supreme Court of Canada has said um, you can't really just take it completely literally. Uh, it's got to be uh, viewed uh, reasonably in the uh, in all of the circumstances. So it's not a clause which you could use to effectively weasel out of a deal. Uh, unfortunately. It used to be, uh, and that is prior to uh, the Supreme Court's uh, decision, uh, that agents would commonly purchase a property and then keep looking throughout the uh, 
uh, the due diligence period to find another property. And if they liked that better, they would walk away. And that was fine. That was permitted uh, to some degree, probably only because uh, no one ever challenged it. They just looked at the wording and thought, oh, well, they've got an out, and then permitted them to uh, withdraw. Uh, you need someone to challenge uh, the validity of that type of a decision uh, before you're going to get it before the courts. And and the same for home inspection conditions. Sometimes you get, uh, you know, the, the cabinet door was loose and, and they use that to try and get out of the deal. Have have you seen that? Have uh, in, in, Absolutely. That's I mean, that's the other one that's uh, very, very commonplace. So it's either uh, mortgage financing or it would be inspection. And the issue now is um, who is, it's, it's what is the proper test? And so the test is now um, an objective test. It's not, it, when you look at the wording, which is sole and absolute and unfettered discretion based on the buyer then deciding that I don't like the inspection report, I'm not satisfied with it. That's no longer the question. It's not that particular buyer. It's not Bob the buyer in this particular circumstance. The question for the court is, uh, what would a reasonable person do who would be a buyer like Bob in Bob's circumstances? Is that enough? And then you'd look at it and say, well, uh, we all get to vote on this decision uh, with the exception of Bob because he's going to have to sit on the sidelines and wait until um, we come up with what do you think a reasonable person would do, not Bob. And so the advice that's being passed on uh, inappropriately would be that it's Bob's sole and absolute and unfettered discretion himself personally, and no one can question that. That's not what the courts are going to look at. They're going to say, well, uh, we think a reasonable person um, with all of the, with knowing all of the uh, uh, defects in the house, bearing in mind that the house is 80 years old, bearing in mind that the, uh, you know, there's a, that it's not a new house, uh, bearing in mind that it's two million dollars, and bearing in mind that it would take a handyman all of three to four hours to fix these defects. Sort of like, you know what? That was expected. No one. No one can withdraw for that kind of a purpose. On the other hand, uh, with very serious defects, uh, structural, uh, the integrity of the building, um, the presence of uh, 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 urea formaldehyde, the presence of any number of different um, products that are in the house from asbestos in terms of um, insulation and so on, if you have something that's very serious, absolutely, there's no question. That clause is uh, a perfect out. Difficulty, of course, is that uh, real estate agents haven't commonly um, been made aware of the significant change in the, uh, uh, in the law over the last couple of years. Now, Brian, this is, as you just mentioned, this is a recent change. But it seems, you know, frankly, from, you know, uh, my perspective, uh, rather common sense. Uh, why did it take so long to get here? Uh, well, it, it's one of those things that it's costly to get in front of the Supreme Court of Canada, and it takes a long time. So this particular case, 
uh, was decided by the Supreme Court of Canada on the 13th of November 2014. But the case itself, uh, in terms of the basic facts, um, arose in and around June of 2000. So we have a breach of contract that takes place, and 14 years later, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the Supreme Court of Canada comes up with its final decision. Um, So when it came up with its decision, really what it's saying is the law in June of 2000 um, included uh, a couple of things. Um, A general obligation of good faith uh, contract performance. That wasn't clear before. Um, They then made it quite clear and they said, we're going to come up with a new common law duty. Uh, We haven't for a while, for years and years, but this is going to be brand new. And when they said that it's brand new, of course it is brand new. And that was a uh, duty of honest performance, uh, which is now included in all contracts in Canada, no matter what, no exceptions. So you'd say, uh, okay, that's brand new. So that's the significance of the case itself. Uh, since it's been reported, the case has uh, been cited in uh, just under 500 other uh, cases in Canada, uh, which re- reported cases in Canada. Uh, so the legal community certainly uh, is very much aware of it, uh, but it's a matter of education. Um, and so what the Supreme Court of Canada has basically done is said, you know what, 20 years ago, there was a duty of uh, honesty and good faith contractual performance. Um, That's really what they decided. So the only cases which, uh, to which that would not apply would be ones which uh, were in litigation and um, the appeal period uh, for them had expired prior to the, uh, to four years ago. And if that was the case, then it didn't apply to them and they would be offside. But any other case, um, this is this is the law. Uh, it's fair, it's reasonable, and it applies in uh, a number of other situations anyways. So it's like introducing but, or reintroducing good faith into the equation and, and also common sense. Uh, y- yes, absolutely. Now, it's interesting... To make a little bit of a distinction, because uh, your uh, your listeners may th- may think that there's an obligation to negotiate in good faith, absolutely not. That's true. And, and but once you've signed a contract, there's an obligation of good faith going forward to do what you're supposed to do. And if you're supposed to just complete the mortgage uh, application and process, then you're going to have to do that. Uh, the next thing is the inspection. You're going to have to do that reasonably. And the difficulties that we've seen is people will just change their minds. Really, that's buyer's remorse, and it's now too late. And they'll use an inspection condition and say, I just don't like it. And they'll use a mortgage uh, clause to withdraw. Well, they've got to be able to prove that they took all of the steps necessary. So with respect to a mortgage, uh, you better have applied for it. And you better have been rejected for it. And you better have taken other reasonable uh, steps to obtain the financing. 
uh, one of which would be offering to the vendor a vendor take back. If, for example, you were approved for um, a mortgage of uh, 500000 but only qualified now for four fifty, and you're short $50,000, you're going to have to prove that you've taken all the reasonable steps, which would mean I'll take on my $450,000 mortgage from the bank. That's, I'm going to be short $50,000. And so as a result of that, what I'm going to do is offer to the vendor uh, the opportunity to take back 50000 If the a vendor agrees to do that at first mortgage rates, uh, then that would be that would be fine. Um, they're going to have to complete the transaction. Most of the people who are in this precarious position um, think that they have bargaining rights, which they really don't have. That's awesome information, Brian. Thank you so much for uh, joining us and, and enlightening us about the the ins and outs of you know being able to legally get out of a deal. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Brian. When we come back, we get to your real estate questions and this week's hot listing. And just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com and click on Schedule to find On the Market and a list of our other shows. You're listening to 1059 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Time now for our listener questions. The first one comes from Rosanna in Richmond Hill. Her parents have decided to downsize and sell the family home. Besides clearing the clutter and getting the house ready to sell, they're struggling with a selling price because her parents believe their home is worth more than it is. How does she convince them to trust the agent? Asif, what do you think about this one? <laughs> well, that's a great question, Rosanna. And this is something that we get more often than not because everyone believes that their home is worth a lot more than neighboring homes. And there's some really easy ways to go through this. Now, the one thing you don't want to do is price your home so that you are the highest bidder for your own house. And how do you do that? One, let's look at the stats. And by stats, I mean, don't look at the last year or year and a half or two years because those stats mean nothing. Real estate is very hyper-local. So you're looking at immediate stats. So, And that means you're looking at homes that have sold in the last 30 days or the last 60 days, maybe the last 90 days. But those are going to give you adequate comparables for what you should be listing your home for. The other thing is visit the comparables. So if there's another home on your street that's for sale, visit them and don't just go by price. Look at what they've done to their home or have not done to their home and compare it to the features that your home has. So if you've upgraded your kitchen and the neighboring home hasn't or vice versa, if they've done it and you haven't, you got to do the, the debit and credit on that improvement and back out anything that you require for your home and add in anything that the other home does not have that you do. Once you do that, you're going to get an accurate representation of your home. And the other thing that you can do is ask the bank to give you an appraisal. Because even if you price your home high and it does sell, if, if you get into a bidding war and it sells for the price you want, 
what's going to end up happening is the bank is going to appraise it according to what they feel that value is in the area. And if it's not the same as yours, that deal will not close. Wow. That's, that's, a, that's a shock. I didn't even know about that. So in terms of, you know, this situation here, um, how do you get the bank to, do they come out to your home physically? What do they do? They do. Before the banks used to do drive-by appraisals where they would drive by, okay, the house is here. They're all about the same. This is going to be the value. But recently they've been doing full appraisals. And what that means is they come into the house and they will make a list of, you know, do you have granite counters? The other house had granite counters. Have you finished your basement? How have you finished your basement? Is this uh, an apartment? Is it an entertainment suite? So they take all of these things into account and then they'll come out with an appraised value. Once they come out with that appraised value, that's what they're going to be lending on. Now, you mentioned those areas inside the home, the kitchen, the bathroom. What about those other areas like a new roof or windows or a furnace? Do they come into play here? For sure. They, they're, that's a huge value add if you've changed your roof, if you've changed your furnace, because these are things that the buyer is going to have to put in. So when the bank is lending money, they're going to take that into consideration to say, this is what we anticipate our uh, mortgagee to be putting into the home because the bank wants to make sure that their investment in the property is protected. Okay. Our next question comes from Jerry in Vaughn. He is hoping to jump into the market this spring with the purchase of a condo. He wants to know, besides the financing for the down payment, what other costs does he need to budget? Another great question, Jerry. What you need to budget for is obviously, yeah, you've got the deposit down. You also have to take into consideration land transfer tax. Are you a first-time buyer? Are you not? Because if you're a first-time buyer, you get some credits that you can apply to your land transfer tax. If not, you have to pay the full land transfer tax. Legal fees, that's another consideration. And anything that you need to do right off the bat in the home. So if you have to put in blinds or drapes, if you have to change from carpet to hardwood or change the carpet, these are things that you should make a note of and have that money available so that you're not scrambling once you get into the home. And what about in terms of, you know, if he's thinking about a condo, what about maintenance fees? When do they come into play? Maintenance fees, you have to pay up front for the first month when you're moving in, and then you have to provide them with post-dated checks or uh, a debit form from your bank. So that is already going to be taken into account from your lawyer because the lawyer will collect the first month from you. You're going to get a statement of adjustments from your lawyer. That's going to include any prepaid utilities that the seller may have made, any anything that's been paid if it's property taxes. If they've paid in advance, you may have to pay those back. If they haven't paid, you get a credit in the purchase price. So the lawyer, when they provide you with the statement of adjustments, that will have all, all of the items that you need to pay for in advance on that list. All right. We've had a couple of great questions this week, Asif. If our listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they do that? They can reach me at 416-985-CON, just 416-985-5426, or they can call our office at 905-554-5522. Time now for this week's hot listing, and joining us next is Heather Cooper from REMAX Prime Properties. Heather, over to you. Hi, Tina. Good morning. This week's hot listing is an amazing investment opportunity in Agent Court North that's right at Kennedy and Finch. This property is a three-bedroom, three-bath, freehold townhouse. It's got a finished basement, a fence yard, and solid bones. This property is actually listed about $50,000 under other similar properties because it needs some updating. It just needs a little bit of cosmetic work. Other than that, it's a wonderful 
freehold townhouse. You're not paying any condo fees. It's located at 163 Bell Fountain. That is at Kennedy and Finch and listed at $629,000. Asif, what do you think about this property? That's a great property. It does need some work, but you can go in and you can customize this place to exactly what you want. So you're putting in the work to, to make it home. Now, when you hear as a buyer that this property is listed 50K under, does that mean there is no room for negotiation? There's always room for negotiation because you're, as a seller, you're looking at the entire package. You know, do you need to sell it right away? Are you okay with an extended closing? Like these are all factors that are going to play into the offer. So price is just one aspect of the offer price and everything is negotiable. So you may want to have a, a discussion with the agent or the two agents have this discussion and say, what is the best offer that you can provide to the sellers to make this deal happen? So Heather, one more time, the highlights of this property and where our listeners can get more information. This is a three-bedroom, three-bath Freyhill townhouse at 163 Bell Fountain in Agent Court North, listed at $629,000. And for more information, they can contact Helen Liu with Remax Prime Properties at 905-554-5522. Great. That's our show for this week, Asif. That's awesome, Tina. Thank you very much. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.